Sweet, just cue me in. Beautiful. Well, I mean, chime in whenever you want. Like, if you're going to be playing pre-release, be like, yeah, I'm going to fucking hose all these scrubs or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear that. Fuck them kids. <laughs> you think you know what Dominary is? I was there at the beginning. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, Danny Oakstead, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 152 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news podcast for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts. I'm Matt. Over there, we got Danny. What's up? And filling in for Big G tonight, we have the one. The only J of MTG Drip on Twitter. Hey yo! Welcome back, man. It's so great to have you. Like, could you? I know it's been a while. It has, and I'm excited for this because it, it always seems that you you jump on around the time of like set releases because you got a lot of good shit to say about what's coming out. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because last time you were on for uh, New Capenna, was yeah, it was set it was gas? Yeah. And then I think before that was just after Kamigawa when you came on again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you you have you have a theme here, Jay, and we appreciate yes. it. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you guys for having me on. Oh my god, yes, we love it, and uh, I know that our listeners also love it as well. Like your your episodes, uh, they also they they perform. We get we get a f- definitely a few more listens than our normal episodes having you on. So thank you, for, sweet. Thank you for the clout. <laughs> Always. Okay, so uh, all you listeners out there, thank you so much for deciding to join us on this episode. As we mentioned, we're going to be talking about Dominaria stuff here in a second. But before we go any further, we have to give a big thank you to our Patreons that think that this content is worth supporting monetarily. So big thank you to Wade97, Chapman, Fox, Colin, Noah, Slade, Third String Chapman, Nikki, No Modifier, Steve, Jacob, Christian, Maddie K, Barra, Chimera, and KCB. Thank you to each and every one of you for, again, thinking that this is worth supporting. If you are interested in supporting us as well, we have a Patreon page. You can check it out. we got two tiers, a $3 tier, a $10 tier. $3 tiers, you get put in for a monthly drawing for booster packs uh, for next month. So September, the drawings are going to be for Strixhaven set boosters because, you know, back to school, Strixhaven seems a little on theme. And then uh, we have... Uh, uh, at the $10 tier, you get put in for a drawing for commander cards that are valued between like 15 and 20 bucks. We're trying to think something a little different. We're going for like a themed kind of a thing. So right now, the Patreons, they can also vote on which cards are um, that, that you can that you, that are going to get drawn for. And right now, the cards are uh, Professor Onyx, the uh, pre-release promo, the stamp. Uh, th- this is a new one. We're trying a couple cards in a bundle here. We're trying the Book of Exalted Deeds and Tome of Legends. Because, you know, books and back to school. Eh, eh. And then there's a mystical tutor that uh, Patreons can vote on. So you get put in for drawings like that. And it seems pretty cool, we think. So check that out. But if you don't want to support us on Patreon, we have some playmats for sale still. Hit us up on any of the social medias. Mention that you want a playmat. We will work with you. We'll send them anywhere. We've sent them to Canada, California, Germany. We want people to have these. They look really badass. And uh, also... 
our amazing sponsor, J-Dubs, Sports Cars and Gaming, they have our playmats for sale at the store. So if you're in the FM area, want to check them out, pick up a playmat, go do that. So speaking of J-Dubs, Sports Cars and Gaming, let's hear an ad from them now. J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. Thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. Now... Here's the breakdown of how this episode is going to go out. We're going to talk about some upcoming events only. And from there, Danny's going to have a blog talk for us that talks about meta concern. Then we're going to jump into the news section and cover over a few things really quick. We got some rules committee updates that came out today. There's some MTG drinks that are a thing now in Australia. And of course, delays, products delays, of course. And then from there, we're going to jump into the meats and potatoes of this episode, and we're just going to talk Dominaria United with Jay. Pick his mind. If you have any questions in the chat, please let Jay know. He is pioneer whiz. He got this shit on lock. He is very well immersed into, into pioneer, and I'm excited also to be picking your brain there, Jay. Thank you. Yeah. When we're done with that. When we're done with that, we're going to talk about magic finance, as always, in the Conjured Currency section. And then from there, we're going to end the podcast, and you all can go home. Sweet. So, here we are at the Boggle Desk and upcoming events this weekend, everybody. Guess what? It's Dominary United pre-release. Who's going to be attending? Probably not. Thought thought about it. I'm really thinking about it. I really, really want to. I don't know if I feel like curb stomping out some kids, though. Yeah, teach them kids a lesson. They gotta know what's... They gonna learn. <laughs> gonna know the power of Dominaria. You get the, get the whole band voice. You thought that you were... I was raised in it. I'm bad at, I'm bad at fucking... <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> so yeah, Dominaria pre-release happening this weekend. Check your LGS. Go support them. Go play some magic. Have a fun time. Now, a little something closer to home for us over on the This Week in MTG Discord, the lovely No Modifier is hosting the Fall Brawl League for This Week in MTG. It is going to be a 100-card friendly brawl uh, event on Magic Arena. It's going to be round robin. There are going to be prizes. We got packs and shit to send out. And I think Nomad is going to do one of those weird things where it's like these hidden things. If you... If you do something, last time, if you beat me, mm-hmm. you got put into a chance to win a specific blue-themed booster. So yep. going to do cheeky things like that. It's super fun. We got, uh, we, got, we got prizes. We want you all to get some prizes. So join the Discord. Check that out. Mm-hmm. Links in the specific Fall Brawl tab. It's going to be going on between September 9th and 23rd. Uh, I did say round robin brackets, did I? Yes. Okay, round robin. Yes. Then, Danny... So, we want to we want to talk about that blog attack? Sure. 
So, with many blog talks of them just complaining, I kind of finally found one that was sort of not them complaining. Uh, so, we go to, let's see if I can pronounce this guy's name or his handle, uh, Jared Kubik Tokes, Tox. Either way, we'll just, go, we'll, just go, we'll just go Jerry. Uh, <laughs> so they asked, is there any concern regarding how much faster it feels like sets are solved? Um, quote, uh, with regards to limited due to Magic Arena um, than it used to be. It feels like a week or less after a set releases, limited focus podcasts will have episodes out where they talk about the 50 plus drafts They've already done, and all the data that's been collected digitally to tell you what best colors and cards are when there's still weeks or months left when the set has a main draft set. Mark's simple reply back was, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's a big concern, which obviously makes sense. Like, it used to take, what, a couple months of Friday Night Magic for, I guess, the meta to be set back when we were playing Standard. Well, there's definitely a thing to be said about the level mm. of content that people are putting out and how soon they're getting hands on cards. I know God, it wasn't too long ago, I feel. It was definitely within the last year or two when this was a concern and Watsi was, oh God, what was it with? Uh, like Moto results. They were, Jay, do you remember any of this? They were like holding back on certain. This was. This was actually like oh like longer than that. It was like over like a year or so ago. Okay, okay. At least uh, they they held back motor results because people were figuring out the format too fast. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, so also I have thoughts on this as well. It's also the fact that now with if if you think about it, let, let's say let's go back to like ten years, mm-hmm. like to around like RTR and Theros. Mm-hmm. You had to wait. Unless you, unless you were watching that person's stream at that current time, or you just so happen to see their list at the Pro Tour, you had to wait to get their list from, like, let's say SCG or Channel Fireball within the next day or two. Yep. Now with the with the come with the coming of coming around of Discords. Uh, Patreons, social media, mainly Twitter, mm-hmm. things of these nature, and playgroups. Um, it formats get solved a lot quicker, and also it doesn't help that sets are now released online a week early than they are in paper. I think that was one of the bigger uh, the bigger things that were brought up: the fact that the the set gets released digitally. Was it the time of Omnath? No, no, no. Because uh, uh, Tibble's Trickery, it was banned before the set was fully released. And it's because people had access to it on on Arena yeah. and stuff. So I th- and, that, that, and people found a- out it was, it was busted in best of one. Yep, yep. And that, that's a good example of getting your hands on a card before everybody else can get their hands on a card. Because not everybody's going to be playing online. Not everybody plays Arena. But All right. that was enough uh, enough information for them to get be like, oh. This is probably something we're going to have to stop in paper because people like to play paper just as much as digital and stuff. They tried to stop it for like a minute, like with the past set, and it didn't work out, and they immediately reverted back. 
there was there was a time when Frank Karsten, I think this was another big moment around that time where Frank Karsten got cut off from some information or there was like, God, what was it? It wasn't like a cease and desist for him, like writing articles about the uh, about the uh, the current meta and like cards coming up. God, mm-hmm. there there was something with Frank Carson around this time too. I'll I'll have to find that, but I remember it was a big thing, and everyone was like, Frank Carson is getting like sm- slapped by Watsy here to to not write about magic meta results and stuff. And now, funnily enough, he's writing on the uh, on the actual mothership of of wizards meta analysis and stuff he, he did it for channel fireball and stuff before but now now he's like on on wizards so they knew channel fireball is gonna be bought by ebay <laughs> but by, by osmosis here we don't talk about the monopoly man <laughs> yeah we, we got we got plenty of time to see how that's gonna dish out here but there's your there's your meta concern and stuff it's always gonna be a thing no matter what Magic players love to optimize and magic players love to talk about optimizing. You know, like I, I think it's fair to say we all like to like, ha- we, we all have like a min max mentality when it comes to not just magic, but even shit outside of magic. So it makes sense. You know, we get cards in hand. We're going to look for like janky busted shit. <laughs> no, I get, yeah. I, I, I get that. It's just more of the fact that in matter of days, the meta is solved. Yeah, how far can like this rock like with Omnath, like we figured we figured that out like within pre within pre release week that Omnath was busted. Well, that was that was busted by the time it got released, like spoiled. Everyone knew yes. how to break it, so but, it's but seeing it in action made people lose seeing it lives. in action and well, it just, they were like it just proved everyone's thought right. It's just yeah, I don't know. Like before, Mythic Spoil has only been around for how many years? I have no idea how long they've been around. Not they've long. Been, Mythic spoilers, they've been around a long. Have they? Yeah, because they were where we'd be getting spoilers back when we, we Why well, I, I, right? I, 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 I want to say around a long time, I mean like 10 years. I know we, we've been doing using them for the last two, year, two, three years. But I was just wondering, like when we were playing Standard back in 2012, 13, was there an online source for spoilers? Or was it all waiting to see what was released? Like yes. in new, was yeah. there? Yeah, people still like shared stuff on social medias, and I'm, again, I'm pretty sure Mythic Spoiler was around at that time. Was it? That's where we got it was. Yeah, that's where we got a lot of our information, and they were pretty big because uh, Scryfall wasn't a thing yet at that point. Uh, Moxfield wasn't. No, Moxfield's within the last two years. Top deck. That was another one. That's another one that has keeps up to date on spoilers. I don't think they were around at that point either. So. Like it was smaller. Goldfish, out, Goldfish was around. They gave all the the fucking spoilers. They're up to date on that. Oh, I am. So, just Goldfish alone. But I don't know. Well, it doesn't help that MTG Arena fucks everything over. <laughs> fucking Arena. But yeah, that was my uh, blog tag. Well, there's the blog tag. Let's cover these quick bits of news here. Then we'll go into some arena dis- or not arena some. Uh, Random things. Dominaria discussion. That's the word I was looking for. There we go. Words are hard, guys. So let's go over uh, uh, a few bits of quick news. 
starting off with today over on the Commander Rule Committee website, they posted their quarterly State of the Format article. This one has no cards getting banned or unbanned. There are no rule changes happening either, though it was mentioned that they are keeping an eye on Dockside Extortionist Anthos's Oracle. Quote from the article, For the moment, we believe that both these cards have been self-selected to their appropriate tables. Unquote. Kind of seems to me like... You got that rule zero discussion. Are you playing Thassa's Oracle? Are you playing Dockside? And then it just kind of keeps that qualm there. The other information from this article that was added was the introduction of three new Commander Advisory Group CAG members. You got Rebel, Benjamin Wheeler, and Tim Willoughby, all selected for their knowledge of the format and their presence in the MTG community. Full article in the description down below. Matt, I'm not asking you your question. Danny, please. No. I wrote this. Then maybe you should have chosen blue for this section and not red. Danny, Because I'm not reading I'll your wait. question to you, sir. How about you read it to Jay? Sure. Jay, are you a thirsty bitch for some bubble tea? Well, now you can, you could, you could be. Gang Cha... A tea store that is supplying teas, lattes, and other tea shop drinks to over 1,500 stores worldwide has collaborated with Wizards of the Coast to bring Dominaria United-inspired drinks. Uh, there are the Jaya Juice, a grape green tea with strawberry pearls, Liliana's Necrofancy ta- uh, Taro, a taro milk tea with pearls and herbal jelly, the Ajani's Inspiring Latte, which is a, mo- a marker latte with white pearls and milk foam. And finally, the Teferi's Cookie Tea, a pearl milk tea with cookies. Imagine that. Uh, currently- so, does, so does a Jaya one cause death? Probably. You know, it's funny. There are people <laughs> in the post that were talking about that. It's like, can I finish uh, this article? Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. God, man. Uh, so currently, it looks like it's only in Australia, but who knows? Could be coming to a Gangcha near you. Which of us? Uh, which to us here in the Midwest, the closest would be the East Coast, one located around the whole New England area. Yeah. Now, Matt, you can comment on what you're commenting. There, there are people definitely making that jo- uh, that joke of drinking the Jaya juice, and they look actually uh, appealing. I'm not much of a bubble tea drinker. I didn't show my wife before we started recording to get her uh, yeah, opinion. Yeah, you don't want her opinion. Well, she's a bubble tea fanatic. I know that. She I'm got a... the shit here to make at home, but she just came back from tea and crepe uh, today after she got done. That, that's why I said don't tell her or talk to her about it. Because she's going to be addicted to it and want it and make you go to New York to get it for her. Because or, or... she's pregnant. You can look at the ingredients list and just talk to your local bubble tea place to see if they'll make it. You just then, won't get the... Then she's going to make you run around town to find it. And the, the ones uptown. And then I can get some crepes myself. Have you had the tea and I crepe crepes? Those things are fucking amazing. Crepes are great. Well, so I've, I've had crepes before, but I haven't been downtown to have crepes. They got delicious dessert crepes and savory crepes. Which is your, uh, which is your favorite, Jay? Dessert or savory crepes? Both. That's the right answer. 
And what kind of episode of This Week in MTG would it be if we didn't mention some kind of magic product delays? Coming from the MTG Mothership posted today, due to logistical issues, the APAC region and Latin America will be seeing some product delays. In Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, Thailand, the Philippines, South Korea, and New Zealand, Dominaria Jumpstart will not be available during pre-release and the September 9th release set. But sometime after that, they will be available. China, they will be having the same issues. Jumpstart will not be arriving at the time of pre-release, but later in September. And Dominaria United Bundles and Commander Decks in China will be available in early October. Japan is having a week delay with their collector boosters. Australia will be having delays with their Jumpstart and Draft Packs with an expected arrival in late September. Latin America, as a whole, is getting hit harder because the whole pre-release kits for the Latin America area and other products will be taking an additional week to arrive. Because of that, all of Latin America stores will be extending their pre-release events until September 22nd. So if you're in the Latin American area, check with your LGS to confirm dates and make sure that everything is good there. And there you have it. That's your news. So, Jay, you ready to talk some Dominary United here? We'll let yes. You, we'll, we'll, we'll let you tee it off. Uh, we got we got some notes here. I'm pretty sure we'll jump in like some of the some of the stuff we have here. Uh, I imagine you all are going to want to talk about. So then we'll we'll jump in there. But you want to tee it off? You want to get this going? First, before we tee it off, if anyone's listening, uh, go over to Ink Gaming and type in MTG Drip. You will find my playmat. Yeah. If you're looking forward to display some drip, buy the mat. I will say, I got the mat. I've taken pictures with the mat. It is a very good mat. It's a it's a beautiful blue. It looks very good. I play with it a lot. Quit talking about yourself. Hey, it's a good mat. Just saying. <clears throat> Again, quit talking about yourself. I'm a good mat. <laughs> you missed the joke. That's why I'm saying I'm a good mat. Is that not me talking about myself, Danny? Sure, Matt. We'll go with that. All right. We got all this stuff here. Where, where do you think you you want to start off with? Hmm. Just shoot from the hip. Shoot from the hip. Okay. You want to talk about uh, the arrival of pseudo dual lands, maybe? Or the pain, pain lands. Probably pain lands are more important. Pain lands, yes. Yes. So you got the uh, the blue-white pain land. They reprinted the uh, cable calls. Then you got the uh, got the red green red green pain land. Conclusion forest. Conclusion forest. Uh, Shivan reef, which is a reprint. Uh, Sulphur springs, definitely. Yes. Definitely needed a reprint. And uh, Yavamayakos, which looks beautiful, definitely a reprint. It does. All the art on these look really good. Yes, especially in borderless. Oh god, those borderless ones are fucking lit. My gorgeous. God. I do believe this will help out aggro decks a lot, especially yeah. in Pioneer. Yeah, you, um, you got Arclight Phoenix deck that would definitely love to have a a, a Shivan Reef. Like, that's untapped dual, so, dual land for them. Shivan Reef has already been in the format. Oh, yeah, and it was, still doesn't use it. That's right. It was in uh, Origins, right? Yes. Okay. Sulfur same, thing with cave, same thing with Cave. Sulphur Springs is new. Yavamaya Coast, is coast new. isn't. It was in Origins as well. Oh, shit. Okay. Yep. Uh, the ones I knew are the, um, the blue-white, the red-green, the black-red. 
Okay. And it, it is confirmed that the, the remaining four will be coming out in the Brothers War, uh, according to Mark Rosewater on one of his blogatogs. Yes. Yes. So, like, green, green red decks, what, what kind of green red decks are aggro based and pioneer that are loving this? I could maybe and, and maybe see the Jun sacrifice playing it or may seem like the green red aggro deck playing it. Okay. But other than that, hmm. It's possible a Jun deck can open up. Yeah. Un- untapped dual lands, like at a pain life, everybody knows that life is just a resource and having an untapped land is way better than those snarls. <laughs> <laughs> yes. God, yes. We don't talk about those snarls. No, that's why we're going to be talking about Painlands from now on. I know this was yep. definitely something that Pioneer players have been clamoring for a while to finish off the Painlands, and uh, just got to wait a few more months, and then the the remaining uh, three are then going to a be month and a half. Month and a half. And then the remaining three are going to be in there for everybody to use. Yes, I'm also looking forward to the uh, green white one as well. For uh, aggro, for green white aggro decks, I'm trying to think what the the green white aggro decks are. Is that like a, a hexproofy kind of one where you like, just like banned spirits, uh, cocoa, things of that nature? Yeah, just getting more lands is humans. Ooh, humans, humans is always kind of like because it's so mana intensive to play all the humans and stuff. Having these dual lands uh, enter untapped can definitely speed them up. Yes, won't have to use uh, mana confluence. Yeah. I'm more looking forward to the other fast lands, but that might be a minute. Yeah, people were, I know people were like at the beginning of Dominaria was like, are we going to be getting them? But then with the release of new, the new Phyrexian stuff coming out in the future, they're like, oh, maybe this is where we're going to be getting the fast lands into Standard and Pioneer from there. Yes. Like you get Dark Slick Shores and March of the Machines that's coming out or whatever. Yes. Uh, speaking of reprints, then Jay, you want to talk about Liliana coming into Standard and Pioneer now? Jesus Christ! Um, I know I was going to get asked this question. Liliana in Standard, as someone told me, is the perfect power level for Standard right now. Yeah, I mean, in in terms of Pioneer, um, I can definitely see her finding homes in uh, Red Black mid-range in some way shape or form whether it be some main or some side or both um i can definitely see her finding a home in abs and grease fang yes yeah because you literally get to pitch cards and speed and speed up a clock that much quicker you think it would be a a, a, a like a shoe-in for the jund sack decks or just like a, a jund mid-range like is are we going to get like closer to what modern jund old modern jund was in pioneer i can possibly i can possibly see that because someone also mentioned to me that um having lily on three and so on the mirthless on four is basically like having the lily and bob combo oh shit and also like um thank you yo man five for that so like, the issue is like also like we need a goif i think you're teeing up for the next topic the next uh creature then here oh, oh leather goif yeah I have to find it and actually read it. Oh, Arborgo Alarthrogoyf. It's equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard, which is interesting. It, it, it has like that uh, that Splinter Fright-esque kind of a thing, because Splinter Fright is equal to the number of creatures 
in your yard, but this has kicker on it, which uh, it, it mills there, where Splinter Fright just mills on your upkeep. So this is just like a one-time mill effect where Splinter Fright was just each time. Splinter Fright was two mana, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I can also possibly see this being played in Ab and like Abzan Greasefang because like you can kick it for black mana. Yeah, and then you get yourself. Let's see, it's equal to the number of creatures. Yeah, and you got like a good chunk of creatures and stuff going on there. If you hit a Greasefang into the yard, you're okay with that. But if like you hit a pair of Helion and you have a Greasefang, you can kill someone. Yeah, and it's two drop. It's a two drop. Is it as good yes. as a, is it as good as a Tarmogoyf? No, probably not. Yeah. But it's still pretty good for standard, I'd say. Pioneer, the Pioneer decks. It's solid. They're going to play this. It's just a two-drop creature that's going to be a big-big. And like two-drop creatures that are just a big-big. I don't know. They're just always going to be solid. The other card I am definitely looking at is Sarah Paragon. Oh, that's that Lurus one, right? That's that's a Lurus on a stick. (laughs) Yeah, it is. So. When I read that card, I'm like, excuse me? Then I read it again. I'm like, oh, okay, this card does what? And I was like, yeah. And like, also like, um, so like, if you have a Sarah Paragon out and a Omnath out, you you hit your Omnath triggers. Yeah, so uh, for those that are listening, Sarah Paragon is white, white, two for a three, four angel with flying that reads, once during each of your turns, you may play a land from your graveyard, or cast a permanent spell with mana value 3 or less from your graveyard. If you do, it gains when this permanent is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, exile it, and you gain 2 life. So you can't keep like a lot of loops going, uh, especially like because uh, uh, the uh, Fable Passage and stuff. Like You could bring Fable Passage back, sack and get another land and stuff for these Omnath things in like Pioneer, but then the loop finally gets exiled and can't keep bringing it back. But if mana value 3 or less hits a lot of things, as we know with what Lurs did with just two or less. And now you're opening up the door to an additional mana. Three or less. You can hit a lily. You can hit a lily that you just had get lost. Yes. Uh, you can hit a, you could return a Grease Fang. That's like, oh, I need this That's Grease Fang right now. disgusting. And this is just good in a Grease Fang because it brings back some of those pieces and stuff for the deck. I'm, I'm literally about to look through like every three drop in the format. You can hit a, you can hit a Narset. Ooh, Narset's good. You can hit a um, Graveyard Trespasser. You can hit a Bone Crusher Giant. You can hit a, um, you can hit a Ledger Shredder. Oh my god, Ledger Shredder, yes. You can hit a Spellcaller. Yeah, and this plays very well in like the, like, how how often are, I think it would be okay putting this in like a, a, a Spirits deck, just. Yeah, because you can hit the Anthem. Yeah. You can hit like a, uh. You can hit like a uh, Supreme Phantom. And everybody wants that because it's like it just dies, comes back. This just puts you, this puts you into the long game for sure. Uh, remember Luris can... and just put it on a 3-4 beat stick. Because <laughs> yes. this thing flies. You can hit Oath and Nyssa. <laughs> you can totally hit Oath and Nyssa. You can hit Portable Hole. Oh, that one's actually uh, that one's actually a good one to, to, to remember there. Can you hit for three mana or lands? I mean, in the uh, in the Yorion builds, you got like Omen of the Sea and Seal Away that you can hit. That's disgusting too. Yes. Yeah. Um, you can bring back uh, any of the channel lands. Like you channel it, it goes to the yard, and then you just boop, bring it back. So that way you can have a land. I mean, 
just playing lands in general and stuff. So it's like no, because channeling or channeling um channeling requires you to go to your channeling requires from discard. Right. So you, you channel to do the thing. It goes into your graveyard, and then you can play it back from your graveyard and stuff. So you, oh yeah, like, you're not losing That's... out on it's like it's a little bit of a, a twofer. Uh, yeah, that sense right there. I like that. Yeah, it doesn't seem too bad. Like bare minimum alone, just like even returning a land in white aggro, you got the um, oh the uh, resplendent, not resplendent. Well, you got resplendent angel in the angel stack, but I'm thinking of the uh, oh, the one that puts plus one counters on on shit from Ravnica. Why am I drawing a blank on that thing? The, the, the two two drop on one combat, put a plus one counter on something in the white white aggro. Two drop one one. Yeah. Uh, um, beginning of upkeep, put a plus one counter. It's on the tip of my tongue. I can see the picture. It got ratted in arena <laughs> to trigger at the beginning of your upkeep. God, let me look. Yeah, let's go. Uh, Luminar Aspirant. There we go. Luminar Aspirant. Because people are going to be targeting that because that just makes... Like, this just gives uh, that extended reach <sighs> in white aggressive decks again. So like also in humans, like you can you can hit a Adeline, you can hit a Barukathar, you can hit a Extraction Specialist, you can hit a um You can hit a Mantis Rider. <laughs> no one wants to hit Mantis Rider. We talked about this. Sir, Mantis Rider though. <laughs> uh you can you can hit a Charming Prince and blink an extraction specialist. Oh fuck. That's not bad. You can hit a Brutal Cathar. Brutal Cathar is definitely good. Brutal Cathar. You can hit a totally Thalia's Lieutenant, which is very disgusting. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah Paragon, this thing is... That's, that's a messed up card. Right now, you got like pre-sales of it going for $23, and the EA version's going for $29. Uh, you could get a foil on TCG Player for like $22.60 is what it's showing here. Uh, I might be willing to wait a minute. Also, uh, for four minutes, it also might be a legacy playable card. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, if we're going to be like the closest comparison is what like Luris is. Luris got banned in yes. Legacy. So, and it hit two mana. Yeah, and this is just so, a, a four mana, one mana more. Like one mana does change a lot of things. On both ends. But I, I think it's well worth it because you get a very solid body on a flyer that can bring lands back. Because Luris couldn't bring lands back. This can no. bring lands back. There is no downside to this card whatsoever. No. Even when you exile it, you gain two life. Yeah, like, just, like, if we're, if we're talking, like, Legacy now, like, you just exile a fetch land, you know, it's just like, you play this, bring back uh, Flooded Strand, crack, you get a Tundra, and you're losing, you you, get, you go up one life. Like... Oh, Jesus Christ, I just thought about that four-color and modern. Yeah, I mean, four-color and modern is not going to be... Uh, they 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 would definitely want to like shoe this in. Having double white pip is not that hard of a restriction for for four color Omnath decks. No, and also you can play this off an of Omnath trigger. You can. Yeah, because like you literally you literally gain uh red, white, green, blue, and you add another. And you just all you gotta do is just add another white, and you still have three land left over. Yeah. Yeah. And then this plays. Oh yeah, Sarah Paragon. You're gonna be seeing this in some formats for sure. Format every format. You you think this will be like the I guess, and uh, and also the best part. You can't bolt it. Yeah, you can't bolt it. You got to have a revolted push. Um, yep. The the new card you want to talk about that uh, new removal card. Which one? Uh, cut down, I think, is what it's called, right? 
Oh, you talking about the card that basically says, "Hey, uh, was it five toughness? A total, a total five toughness." Yes, cut down single black instant destroy target creature with total power and toughness five or less. So, I think it works better in standard than my than uh, pioneer. And the reason why I say that is because in pioneer everything is three toughness or greater, and you have like. You have like four threes and three fours, like Bone Crusher Giant and things of that nature. And uh, Kalidus, which is like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that is true. It's power five, power and toughness of five or less. So if both add above that, you can't get that. There was someone that- also, also, you can't um, realistically, like, you're probably not going to be able to cut down a Ledger Shredder either. Because one, once you, once you uptick it, unless it's on the stack. Um, you can't kill that ledger shredder because now it's like a two, like a two four. Yeah, and then it's just out of that range. I think you're yep. still going to be wanting to play like fatal push. Over. I would just push it. Yeah, more clean. Revolting's not that bad. Like if you're looking at like what uh, push can't get of like five mana or greater, I don't think there's a lot that you're getting with power and toughness. There's not a lot. Yeah, maybe a handful. But I think you're still fine with push. And then at that point, you'd get Infernal Grasp to take out those things in black. Just straight yes. gone. Or or Power Kill. Yep, that one too. But yeah. The next card I want to talk about is the Goblin Lord. Uh, Squee? No. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, run, run Velt Horde Master. There we go. Yep, just get a card. That card's chaos. Red 1, 1, 1, Goblin Warrior. Other goblins you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever Rundvelt, Horde Master, or another goblin you control dies, exile the top card of your library. If it's a goblin card, you may cast that card until the end of your next turn. That's card cast. That's pretty bonkers. Yeah, card's messed up. Oh, man. So my first uh, my first thought goes into like modern goblins and stuff, like with uh, Snoop and uh, Snoop combo and stuff like this, like is Runvault Horde Master just kind of a, another way to help protect to keep the Snoop out? I mean, you got Snoop in Pioneer. How how good is like Snoop combo without a Kiki Jiki in in Pioneer there, Jay? I don't know. Um, I've really messed around with goblins in uh, Pioneer. However, this does put um goblin possibly put goblins on the radar in Pioneer eventually. Yeah, especially with red, especially with red, green, and cocoa. Skirk Prospector just each through your deck then. Like you just sack a goblin, make a red, and then you uh exile a top card and you can cast it with that red there. If it's like low enough, you could just boop, boop, get another Skirk Prospector or anything, just like that alone. Mm. Feed into those yeah. low drops there. Because it's when it or another goblin you control dies, yeah. It's not legendary, so you can play four of them. Yeah, 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 that's a big deal too. It's not legendary. Yep. Uh, the other creature I want to talk about is a uh, uh, Vorderland Hexcatcher. Hexcatcher, okay. Uh, other Merfolk you control get plus one plus one. Sacrifice a Merfolk counter target now creature spell as a controller pays one, and it has flash for one in the blue. Yeah, this thing is fucking bonkers. The card's messed up. It, it makes all your Merfolk a curse catcher. Yep. What's wrong with having so many curse catchers? Now your uh your is. Is green blue merfolk a thing in Pioneer where you get like those Ixalan merfolk, like the the the, the pump guy? Yeah, and they're relatively cheap right now. Hand okay. hand. There we go, merfolk. 
could be good. And with yes. the, the hex catcher here, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm always fine with sacking a thing to uh, to counter counter something. And then on top of that, if you have if it's like blue white merfolk, you could just throw in that Sarah there and be bringing back those <laughs> those merfolk again for for another counter. Another that, card I want to talk about is Ether Channeler. Ether Channeler. Uh, two uh, two colors and a blue. When it enters the when it enters the battlefield, choose one. You either get to create a white bird, white flying, a white bird, white bird creature token with flying. Uh, return tar- return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand or draw a card. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this is like really, really good. Yeah, this is a Man of uh, War on steroids. Yes. Uh, Man of War was- flies though, right? What'd you say? Man of War, it flies, right? I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah, so I mean, you're missing out on that, but like the versatility in making a flyer the fa- or drawing the a fact card. That, the fact that you can bounce your own permanent. So oh. like, I can I can bounce my own Thalia's Lieutenant and then put it back into play and see if I can push through or bounce a Reflector Mage and play it again. Yeah, yeah. All that's good. Uh, Charming or, Prince or bounce as well. an Extraction Specialist. Extraction Specialist, yeah. And, uh... Like Yurion dots blink deck and stuff like this. Yes, seems like a, yeah. a easy an easy shoe in into there because I don't know. Worst case scenario, if it's like if you're ahead, you don't want any, you're not bouncing anything on board. Like it's like okay, three mana draw a card. I have a two one that I can blink later to start getting that value and stuff again. Yes, being a wizard, I don't think that's a, a type to shake a stick at as well. Uh, there are. I'm on the fact that it's a darn human. Yes. Yeah, this card already pre-selling at like two eighty. Uh, EA is going for three thirty nine. You probably should be buying that card. It doesn't seem too bad of a card. You I think, probably should be buying that card because even outside of Pioneer, like this could go into those. It could go into the modern blink decks. You got those uh, Soul Herder, Soul Herder decks in modern. This card is just like a card Soul Herder decks are going to be wanting. And then even outside of that, I don't know this will be a draft champion like you get you get this in draft you're gonna be wanting to play this yes your sealed pool another card i do like is actually anointed peacekeeper that card's messed up too and it has vigilance and it's a three three anointed peacekeeper white two three three human cleric vigilance it enters the battlefield look at an opponent's hand then choose any card name Spells your opponent's cast with the chosen name cost two more to cast. Activated abilities of sources with the chosen name cost two more to activate unless they're mana abilities. Oofta. Yeah, card card's really good. Uh, I think people were kind of like comparing this to the Elite Spellbinder in what it can do and the Curse of Silence in Midnight Hunt. Like it falls into that category of taxing. Um I do like the card's fact, really good. I do like the fact that you could choose any card. Like it does a thing where it's like, oh, cool. I look at your hand, but I don't care about anything in your hand, so I'm just going to call the thing on board, so that way it doesn't do its activated abilities. You can hit planeswalkers with this. Yeah, which is very, very disgusting. Yeah, your Teferi is now two to activate to to bounce a thing, or your five fairy is now two to untap two lands. <laughs> so yep, that seems like a good tax right there. Good luck trying to play your spells. Yeah, and a three mana three three of vigilance is like solid stats on a creature and if we're looking at humans here again just it being a human creature type come on 
that this could be like going well there tax decks like uh if we're gonna look at like modern like do you think like the death and taxes deck are going to be looking at something like this that you can aether vial in on three that's that is very possible like you can just eat the vowel in their draw step yeah yeah it's just like cool you draw i look at your hand i don't want you to be casting this so it's like you turn there uh they were gonna drop to fairy that turn it's like now your teferi is like two turns too late now kind of yep. thing that doesn't seem too bad no it doesn't anointed another card uh, this one's going for 330 uh regular and 540 for ea's tcg player has foils for three bucks oh yeah interesting yeah i would say that is uh, very interesting another card i want to talk about is temporary lockdown okay that card's messed up too okay that it, card is like a that card is like a control player's uh dream because like you can x out each non-land permanent with converted mana cost two or less oh oh yeah so it's um it's an enchantment for white white one and this yeah. has the um what's that hedron alignment stasis yeah. snare kind of that kind of a thing but yeah, it hits it's everything. So it's like, uh, oh, a better a better example would be like a D-Sphere. Instead of yep. hitting uh, all of the name, it's just like everything to realize. It's a portable hole for a lot of shit. And yes. You got, we mentioned uh, Ledger Shredder that you can hit there. You got uh, Thalia that it would hit as well. All of the heroic deck. The, yeah, the whole heroic deck. Swift Spears are gone, which is not Mama bad. Red. Being three mana is so nicely ca- or like so nicely costed too because of that. Yes, yes, I approve. It is uh, three seventy five pre selling for non EAs. EAs are five sixty six. Foils on TCG player are four ninety eight. All this information is uh, coming from uh, Scryfall to those listening to the podcast. Uh, another card I do like is Rona's Vortex. Uh, so it's one blue. Has a kicker of two colors and a black uh, return target creature or planeswalker you don't control to your to its owner's hand. If it was kicked, put that permanent on the bottom of its owner's library. This is a instant speed, instant speed, instant speed, blood chief's thirst kind of a thing. Except better. Yeah, it puts it at the bottom for for the kicker cost. I mean, and it, it just bounces it for one mana. Yeah, creature or planeswalker. Yes, this is good. Yeah, and um, like, what's the uh, you got uh, stern dismissal, which was the blue return a creature enchantment from Theros Beyond Death. That was good because it hits creatures and enchantments, just doing more than what an unsummoned can, where unsummoned is just a creature, and hitting creatures and planeswalkers of no like CMC restriction is not half bad because you can hit Sorn the Mirthless, you can hit. Uh, Teferi five, uh, not on or Teferi three, not on their turn, but like tucking a Teferi three to the bottom can save you from like okay, now they're not going to cast it. I got a little bit of time here. The yes, uh, I don't think it's too big of a deal having it be black blue in the casting cost. Oh, that's nothing. No, no, and and this brings up a, a comment from uh, Nomad in the Twitch chat saying uh, Demir Sack will be a thing and. Uh, th- this was from a little bit ago. Uh, it was before we were talking about the uh, the merfolk and stuff. There, three drops are three drops is a sweet spot. Like three, like between three to five mana is like a sweet spot nowadays. And you got such good, like you know, one or two drop cards that can help you get into there with you know Rona's Vortex now and Portable Hole. 
And then, uh, I don't know, you're still fine with like picking up a shock or a lightning strike to help put you past into there to, yes. to get those three drops and five drops down because the three drop that we were just talking about last, the, uh, the lockdown, like, pff, yeah, three drops are good. Card I'm curious about, um, joint exploration. Let's see. I got to pull that up. Col- colors in a blue. That's kicker green. Scry two and a draw card. If the spell is kicked, you may put a land onto your hand and from your hand to the battlefield. Oh, yeah. So this is kind of a... Um, that card's gas. Blue uh, land fetch. Girl spiral. There you go. It's a... Uh, girl it, spiral on crack. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. get to scry. Yeah, you scry. And then it can like so, help you find the card. For three mana, instant speed still. Yes, which is really, really good. I think people agree that this is also really, really good because pre-selling it's seventy-two cents, but foils are a buck thirteen right now on TCG Player. You probably should be buying foils. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I, I do like this card. I don't know, like in standard, uh, yeah, it was standard where Grow Spiral was banned, uh, like pretty close to the end of its uh, existence in standard, but it still got banned just being like such value and this can scry you too girl spiral is a very messed up card i mean even looking just like on on the case of if you're not kicking this thing just two mana scry to draw a card that's uh preordained mm-hmm. that is uh that anticipate not anticipate the one that came out in zendikar rising uh mm-hmm. yeah like you got a couple cards you got a couple examples of this this goes a little step further just having the kicker on it to like okay uh late game turn five turn six i cast this and i get another land into play i can see a little deeper and ramp myself up a little further so that way i can drop uh a big green spell like like that new defiler i know that's one card i want to talk about is like the defiler cycle so whenever you want to discuss discuss that the defiler cycle yeah oh let me let me go up let me go back up oh yeah uh the white one i like the white one the white one has an infinite combo in uh, modern currently. I'm pretty sure there's one for uh, Pioneer as well. The the one card in modern is uh, Sarah's Ascendant and having the Oketra's Monument and stuff. And you're able to just like bring all these things, gain life, and uh, cast in return, returning a thing. Oh, oh no, it's uh, the one guy, the, the lion. ETBs return a thing. So that way you just keep... Making mana, costing it less, and can pay the, mm-hmm. the life with Defiler, and you get infinite life there. Hmm. But uh, Defiler or Vigor, this big bad boy. Uh, I don't want to talk about green right now. <laughs> so at least all the Defiler cycle, they have a they have a, a clause in there that says, as an additional cost to cast whatever color permanent that the Defiler is, so like white uh, spells, you may pay two life. Those spells cost white less to cast if you paid life this way this effect only reduces the amount of white mana you pay uh key thing here it only reduces a single white so for like a double white spell you're not getting both reduced by uh but by paying four life it's only two life and one uh one pip gets reduced on that which still not bad it's kind of a a a, a, a a fix to Frexian mana <laughs> when they had Frexian mana out because I know Mark Rosewater was, uh, he's talked about on his blog, talking and Frexian mana saying Frexian mana was a big oopsie. Yeah. So just like the fact that they're putting these like 
Oh, I mean, they already put like the Planeswalker Phyrexian symbols with Tamiyo and the new Ajani that's out. So that's kind of like dancing around Phyrexian mana. So it's like it shows that they're interested in having these kind of spells out. And with the Defiler cycle as well, like pay life, help to get mana. It's interesting to see them just kind of like maybe it's more of a pay homage to Phyrexian mana than just the Phyrexian mana itself. But uh, my favorite of this cycle is Defiler of Dreams just because I'm a filthy blue player, but boy, is that thing fragile. It gets clapped by a lightning bolt. <laughs> and I'm sad, sad about that. It does. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, and that one is same text. Uh, you can pay two life and reduce the cost of a blue, but whenever you cast a blue permanent, you draw a card. And of course you're going to draw a card. It's blue. I like, I like drawing cards a lot. And I think Defiler is, yeah, it's definitely, like, the top three. Yes. The the green one is just very well costed. It's a five mana, six, six with Trample. (laughs) And uh, same text, whenever you cast a green permanent spell, you put a plus one counter on each creature you control. I need this. It's a good card. It's just a good card. Here's a card I want to talk about. What card is that? Tiller and Terror. Tiller and Terror? Tiller and Terror. Oh, Tiller So it, it's a seven mana uh, creature serpent. Uh, this spell costs one less to cast, or each, it's a sorcery card in your graveyard. And it's a 5-5 it's a five five with Ward 2. Yeah, dude. This thing um, is big. Yeah, I'm sitting there like, um, um, is this Murktide Park 2? It's harder to kill than a Murktide, I would argue. It's harder to kill. It doesn't have flying, but like just being a 5-5 five, five alone, it's, it's... With Ward 2. It's doing a lot in combat. And yeah, having instances of sorceries is nothing in your graveyard. Is this the... Uh, what What's like Arclight Phoenix decks in Pioneer are yeah, going to have like a one of, two of? It's going to be an Izzet deck for sure. So, someone's going to find something with that card. I'm like... This is a 5-5 five, five with Ward 2. And getting instant sorceries in your graveyard in this format is not very hard. Well, it's it's going to be the... the is, it, is it decks that um, have haste granting? So they're just yeah, gonna someone's going someone's to figure it out. They're just going to have a shit ton of instances, low drops, play them, um, play this guy, give it haste. There's a 5-5 five, five to your face. You're going to blow up all your defenders. Yeah. So It's winning a lot of combat. And the cool thing here, the cool thing is here is like you cast this, like if you have six instant sorcerers in your graveyard, you cast this for one, and then you can still treasure cruise <laughs> or temporal trespass after and stuff. Cause, or, or, uh, dig through time, dig through time. There we go. And stuff like you could do all of that, like dropping a five, five and like refilling your hand for two mana or, uh, three mana, getting two specific cards, seven deep, like. That seems like a pretty good a pretty good line there. Yes. Because then it's like, oh, if they do manage to kill this, they do pay the ward two and infernal grasp it or uh, the white one absent that makes a clue, destroy something, make a clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. Like then you're just like loaded up on cards to like come back at that point because it's now four mana for your two mana <laughs> removal or whatever. Yeah, dude. Talarian Terror is fucking solid and it's it's popper legal and uh 
<laughs> popper players i I'm, i am not one but i do know that there was that one that came out in commander legends that kind of was the same like this it got reduced by the instance of sorceries and it was like a it was a flyer but people were comparing it to like oh this is merc titan pioneer but here's this without flying in ward two yes so i mean the pe- people were talking about this they're going to be talking about they were talking about that one. They're going to be talking about Talarian Terror here, and it's common. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Foils are going for are pre-selling for a buck seventy-five on TCG Player. You probably should be buying foils. Yeah, I mean, popper players are going to be wanting this card, and whatever, uh, like graveyard synergy is it style deck, uh, spell slinger deck is going to be wanting this because even alone, just like if you're just casting ops and considers. Like, this is just going to help close the game then. It's like, oh, I'm drawing my card, getting to a Talarian Terror, and then just boop. Like, how does this compare to a Terramander? It's, Terramander has flying, but it's easier to kill. This, yeah. This has two. Like, this has ward. Yeah. Is this better than a than a, than a Terramander? Probably. Okay. I'm in on this. Um, Impulse. Ooh, yes. Uh, the the big reprint that puts uh, an old school card into modern pioneer and standard. So my issue is, I don't think it's going to go into modern, and the reason why is because we have um, expressive iteration that basically draws you two cards. Yes. However, uh, impulse and pioneer might be an issue. Yeah, so Impulse, blue one instant, look at the top four cards of your library, put one of them into your hand, and the rest at the bottom of your library in any order. We were just kind of talking about the, uh, we were just talking about that Girl Spiral adjacent one with Kicker. Like, this looks at four instead of Scry two, and just like, I don't know, like, between that, this goes in a mono blue deck, that that Kicker one, it has to go in a green blue deck. Impulse, very flexible. I'm a fan. I'm definitely a fan. But yeah, uh, for sure in modern, when you got uh, expressive iteration still being around there, I think, I don't know how much you're going to be uh, weighing the instant speed compared to the sorcery speed of expressive iteration where you can get two cards off of expressive and just a card off of this. Yeah. It's a good card. It's a good reprint to now have into Pioneer, I'd say. Like, is it Phoenix decks control decks are going to be wanting this like blue whites decks with wandering emperor are not going to be upset with being like uh two mana dig four deep, get my wandering emperor. Fuck. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You asked me earlier about the, uh, the lands tap duels, the tap duels. Yes. Yeah. I would be buying foils of these. Yes. So uh, to those that don't know, there's a whole new set of uh, tapped dual lands that have basic land types of each 10 dual types. Mm-hmm. They enter the battlefield tapped, but they have the land types. So you got like Island Swamp for Containment Aquifer. You got Plains Island for uh, Idyllic Beachfront. Geothermal Bog is green, red, and so on and so forth. This is really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. You got, um, oh, what's that new card? There's this new creature artifact that when a land enters the battlefield, you may choose one, and it has um, land enters the battlefield untapped, or 
uh, not artif article, artifact, and then type creature. Doo, 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 doo. Oh, or was that in the commander decks? Maybe that was in the commander decks, and I'm just crossing the lines here. Never mind on that, but there's this commander card that would make the land enter untapped. The Radiant Grove looks beautiful. Yes, it does. All this art. Oh my god. Land art, I feel, is always... And this set is beautiful. It's Dominaria. They have so much vastness to what what the lands look like there. Yeah, as you're talking with... I'm looking at all the lands here again. Uh, Yavamaya Coast. Oof. Which one? The borderless or the non-borderless? It's just non-borderless, too, alone. Oh, yes. Like, if we're just going to talk, like, the, the the lowest ones that you can get, like, non-borderless, still fa fabulous. Uh, Jesper Ising did an amazing job. Yes. Uh, while we're in the lands here, Jay, you saw Thran Portal, right? Yeah, it's a... um. It is a... It's a Land gate enters the battlefield yeah. tapped unless you control two or fewer other lands. So it has the fast yeah. land text. When it enters the battlefield, choose a basic land type. Thran portal is the chosen type in addition to its other types. And then mana abilities of Thran portal cost an additional life to ask uh, to activate. So you pay. It's a, a more. It's a more terrible mana confluence. Yeah, it's a for standard. Yeah, and it's a gate. Yeah, it's a gate. Is there a gate pioneer deck? Like, you got Maze's End. I'm like, yes, there is, but, like, it's kind of slow. Okay. And you, in, the form, in, the form, in the format, it's kind of, like, creature aggressive right now. Yeah, and paying life to just get green mana doesn't seem too good. But it's interesting that it's saying mana abilities of Thran Portal cost an additional one life to cast. So, like... If you have a way to enchant this or do other kind of things of giving it mana abilities, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's it, it's an interesting way to word this card. Yes, but um, another another thing I do like is the uh, the stained glass um basic lands. Yo, <laughs> yes, dude, those things are fucking hot. I kind of want them in Japanese. Oh you would totally be able to do that and when you get those i am excited to see that drip pick you will yeah i'm looking at the uh the island stained glass one right now yeah that's dope the all of them are like you can't go wrong with any of the the stained glass she ones. doesn't miss her art never misses uh it is mangeli i'm so i'm so sorry for butchering this name meg ellie Villeneuve, I think yeah. that's how you pronounce her. It. Her art doesn't mess. Let's take a look at what some of the other. Oh, she did uh, Elisa of Life's Bounty. She did Chandra Torture Defiance. Oh, did she? Oh, she, she did uh, Winota, Joiner of Forces. Search for Ascanta. Behold the Multiverse. Yep. Cast out. Oh, dude, one of my favorite cards, Corpse Churn. I love mm -hmm. that card. I love that card. She did the art for that one. Dive down. Yep. Yeah, all of her art is very solid. Just yes. scrolling through. Those watching the the live stream are seeing that. Oh, did the uh, the transform from the vault Huntmaster of the Fells? Yes. So beautiful. Goddamn. So beautiful. I know uh, Danny has a couple cards here that he wrote up 
that he wanted to talk about real quick. Is there a specific one you want to no, start off with? No, it was just more of uh, cards possibly to have Jay give his feedback on. Right. Yes. But I, you obviously had a few on there. So I guess the first one was going to be... Uh, would have been Leaf Crown Visionary. For Leaf Crown the Visionary. Yep. Isn't that the... Uh... Isn't that the Elf Lord? Yep. That is the Elf Lord. That yeah, that is. Elf Lord is gas. Uh, I I highly recommend possibly uh, grabbing that, especially for Legacy. Yeah, you got uh, regulars of it going for seven fifty nine, and that's why EA is going for eight seventy eight. Foils are yeah. going for seven sixty eight on TCG Marketplace or on TCG Player. If you're gonna if you're gonna buy foils. Most people do, um, if you're just, like, gonna go for it, just go for, like, a full art foil. But, uh, most people just actually go, I've noticed, like, most people actually go for, like, non-foils now. Yeah. Over foils. That, that has been a, a big discussion. Or a big especially point. in the finance community. I have noticed that, especially, like, in, a difference in price. Yeah, because one of the big things is they don't curl, and they're just kind of mm-hmm. the... They're the premium version of the card that's no longer foil. It's like the shiny thing, not as cool because we want to be able to play it in a deck and not like see where the card is. And people being like, they know what card it is. Maybe they're doing something cheeky. Right. So I've like, uh, there there are a couple people out there who have like, I gave advice to about get, what to do with foils. And I've told them, um, put it, put it in a uh, hard sleeve. Like a hard, um, so I buy, uh, KM, I buy KMC Perfect Fits, which are basically hard sleeves. Yeah. And then that's how I double sleeve. And I have no issue with my foils bending or curling whatsoever. Hmm. Yeah, just getting a, a firmer bit of plastic on there. Um, yeah. I know right now I am trying. I have not updated people on this because I have completely forgot about it. I put a fat pet, uh, fat pack box of foils, uh, having the curl, like, curl against curl so it's not like lining up like a, a thing of pringles it's like you're putting the pringles uh back to back and then front mm-hmm. to front and back to back so that way they compress each other and then you put a silica pack in there a friend of ours suggested that and i haven't pulled the cards out to see how uncurled they are from when they went in because these were commander legends curled foils, so oh they probably should be they should be uncurled yeah so i'm excited to see what that's going to look like maybe we'll look at it at the end of the episode here maybe but yeah, uh, Leaf Crowned Visionary, uh, Big G, he was talking about this in a uh, local group chat, excuse me, uh, a local group chat because he plays elf decks and in modern, uh, specifically in modern, and talking about how this compares to the elvish clan caller on like playability, uh, early game, late game, and stuff like that. And he... he He's definitely going to be playing with this. I'm very excited since he plays a lot of elves in modern and see how that's going to turn out. So, Jay, elves in Pioneer, they still got Elvish Clan Caller, the, the two drop that pumps elves, and then you can pay for green, green, and search for another Elvish Clan Caller. How does, how, how would Life Crowned, Leaf Crowned, the visionary work in, in Pioneer elves? I think, I think it's very possible um, in Pioneer. It may take someone with a um, with a better mind to figure it out, but once it's figured out, they're gonna, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a thing. Yeah, because just like humans, 
elves go off of cocoa and stuff in Pioneer still. So like this, this is a cocoa count. And then, oh, it's whenever you cast an elf spell. So it's not an elf entering. I mean, still good. Enter, uh, casting an elf spell. So it's like uh, elvish visionary, three mana, draw two cards. And you got a 1-1 one, one elf body. That's actually a 2-2 two, two elf body with a leaf crowned out. Yes. But like I said, it's not legendary. So you can have multiple out. So you play one elf, you can drop to four. I do like that all the the lords in this set do that. So, I guess next on my list was not really a card, but an ability that's kind of controversial, I think. What are your feelings on the new sagas with the read ahead? Oh, read ahead. Uh, let me look at one of them. Um, preferably one of the more powerful ones. One of the looking, big ones was... Uh, the looking crazy. at Cruelty of Gix. Okay. Uh, so that one's three colors and double black. Uh, the first one is target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a creature or planeswalker from it. That player discards that card. Uh, two is search your library for a card. Put that card into your hand and then, shu- and then shuffle. You lose three life. Uh, three is put a creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. That's a lot of value for five mana. When when I looked at this one specifically, I thought of the the Eldest Reborn that came out in original Dominaria, where it's yeah. uh, four and a black. Uh, opponents may sack or discard a card. Then I can't remember what the second one is, ch- second uh, chapter, but third one is you get to return a creature again from the graveyard. Um, th- so read ahead, it has the ability to like you don't start on chapter, you you don't have to start on chapter one. You can start anywhere on this. Uh, at, at any chapter, and that's the the thing there, with with Rita Head. So five mana, returning a creature from a graveyard to the battlefield under your control. That's any creature. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, five mana Grim Tutor. In standard, seems okay. In Pioneer, having a, a five mana Grim Tutor, like how would you compare this uh, if we're looking at like the the tutor aspect of it to the. A uh, black tutor card that has cycling that came out in Hour of Devastation that you can pull from your sideboard. Uh, Razakath's right. Razakath's mm-hmm. right. Yes, because that's five mana and it's sorcery speed as well. I think I like this better though because Read Ahead is gas. I do like Read Ahead. Uh, the The phasing of Zalfir is one that I like a lot because it's a it's a blue board wipe now. <laughs> the one I really like is um, a sum or is a symbols the Titans. Yes, this one. Yeah, because is... like you can you can just skip ahead and like uh, basically like uh, double tick your planeswalkers. Yeah, so it's a uh, white white three chapter one scry four. Then you may reveal the top card of your library. If it's a planeswalker, uh, you can put it into your hand. Chapter two, you may put a planeswalker card with mana value six or less from your hand onto the battlefield. Not gonna lie, that's hitting like ninety percent of planeswalkers in any format <laughs> and stuff. So it's like five mana put out a planeswalker mm-hmm. uh, then chapter three you may activate loyalty abilities of planeswalkers twice this turn rather than once so you got things like chain veil and that that kind of do that the other teferi and there's only the other teferi and commander that allow you to double up on that but then you got the four mana teferi that came out in core 2020 that can be activated on each of your opponent's turns it's uh the loot and then it has the phase out a creature on that one and that one's really good double activating 
Jeez. Only this turn. Okay, okay. Only this turn. I was about to say, holy shit, if it's till your next turn, like, then you get double triggers on that Teferi. That would be really fucking sick, but nope, only this turn. Mm-hmm. Sagas in general, how are you feeling that sagas are still back, Jay? I love it. I do love me some sagas. S- me too. I still play the most busted one, Fable the Mirror Breaker. Yes. Oh my god. Fable the Mirror Breaker is like the format warping not format warping, format staple in everything. Like Legacy is even playing Fable of the Mirror Breaker, showing how you, Yeah, you can win games off that card alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are like, I don't think a, a, a little kiki-jiki is that good. Nah, a little kiki-jiki is that good. <laughs> Especially when it feeds into itself, giving yourself a ramping gobbling. Like, what the thing makes treasures when it attacks? When it attacks! It doesn't have to connect, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. Typically, something like that in red would be like, they deal damage, then you get a treasure. But no, it's just like attack. It's like, sure, I'm going to sacrifice this 2-2 now and get a treasure that's going to put me up one more mana. And that way I could do this big fucking thing. Yes. I'm a big fan uh, in the sagas here. Founding the third path, just again, because I'm a filthy blue player. It's blue one, read ahead. Chapter 1, you may cast an instant or sorcery card with mana value 1 or 2 from your hand without paying its mana cost. Chapter 2, target player mills 4 cards. Chapter 3, exile target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. Copy it, you may cast the copy. I like this because this kind of has like a little bit of storm potential in here. It just gives you like, for 2 mana, you can get a storm count kind of going there. Um, I'm thinking like modern here. Again, my, my mind goes to modern like... You cast this, and then you do a arcane uh, pillar. What's the, what's the what's the the ritual? Pyretic ritual. Sure. Yeah, you do a py- pyretic ritual because it doesn't it doesn't say that uh, you're restricted to a color or anything. It's just mana value one or two. I think you're fine with that. Like two mana on turn two, even if you're going in like blue black style of deck, two mana turn two, and then you get a fatal push off of that. Three mana <laughs> three mana's worth of shit on turn two is not bad. Or two mana, cast this, expressive iteration, or impulse. It's instant or sorcery. I like it. I like it a lot. Founding the third path, I think, is pretty solid. Uh, the pre-selling for a buck sixteen foils going for a buck thirty-four. Of founding the third path, uh, Urza assembles the Titan. Pre-selling for two ninety-seven foils going for three bucks. Seems reasonable. Yeah. So for my next card, the little the little cute bird Phoenix chick. Yeah. I like that card. So I like what it does. Red aggro. Yeah. It's a it's a single red Phoenix one one flying haste. Phoenix chick can't block. Whenever you attack with three or more creatures, you may pay red red. If you do, return Phoenix chick from your graveyard to the battlefield, tapped and attacking with a plus one plus one counter on it. <laughs> that is pretty good. It's it's uh, two mana, two additional damage kind of a thing, and it, it, it helps you go for those grindier games, because if this dies, it's like, okay, cool, I'm just going to be paying two mana to just shock you, and that's just going to be enough to close out games. And it's flying. It's pretty evasive. Yes. And that... attacking with three or more creatures ain't that bad. Like, in the heroic decks, is, is Phoenix Chick going to be something in the heroic decks, do you think? Just kind of... I don't think so being in there okay could be wrong but i don't think so and then of course like how would it fare in like arc light phoenix style decks because 
you could just pitch this to the graveyard. You have your Phoenixes come back, attack with three if you have two mana open. That's, uh, I don't know, so 12, that's uh, nine, 11, 11 damage swinging if you get all, if you get like three Arclight Phoenixes into your yard. I don't think that's too too hard of a ask. How how often you know people can get? It's not too hard of a ask, but you usually pitch one or two at a time. Okay, so three is getting lucky. Okay, okay. So we were talking about uh, Greasefang decks a little earlier. Yes, I think you know what this one might be. Then the weather- Liliana. No. Oh, I was going to say the Weatherlight complete. Completed. Completed. Yeah. Hold on. Let me let, let me let me look at that. I I haven't read that card in a minute. Good old two drop five five artifact vehicle with no crew. Alright, uh so as former Frexus counters on it. It is for exchanges until it's other creatures. Whenever a creature you control dies, put a Frexus counter on Weatherlight and draw a card if that's Oh. Oh, that's a card. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see it. Like, even outside of a Grease Fang deck, in any kind of I don't know, a sacrifice style deck, like Jun Sacrifice, Racto Sacrifice, like the amount that you're losing creatures, you're sacking creatures to to then scry, you're gonna be putting counters on there pretty readily. And then when you have five counters, it's a five five, and when you have seven, each thing, each creature that you're sacking draws you a card. And it's a low cost of two mana. Can't you grease fang with this? You can grease fang with this. Can't you also swing with it? Let's see how Grease Fang is worded. So at the beginning combat on your turn, target vehicle, return target vehicle from your guard, it gains haste. Uh, return it to the hand. It doesn't say it's crude, right? Beginning of combat on your turn, return target vehicle card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste. Return it to its owner's hand at the beginning of your next end step. And it's uh, four more free encounters. It's a creature. Yeah, it works the way I think it works. That's that's kind of disgusting. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad because then recasting it, like it goes to your graveyard, and then you just recast it for two. The, the the value for it just being two mana, not half bad. Does this kind of fall in like a, a looter scooter, a smuggler's copter territory yes. of vehicle powerness? Like yes, should, should okay. So you think comparing it to that is. No, because Looter Scooter was something different. Okay. Looter Scooter was... Looter Scooter did things that... Looter Scooter had effects that... That basically... Looter Scooter basically... Paid its way by basically playing the game. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Because you gotta do a little more with this by having creatures die to do its thing. Correct. Okay, okay. As opposed to Looter Scooter, Looter Scooter, like, literally just, which just happened just by basically you playing, progressing, progressing through the game. Yeah, at, at literally no cost, because it's crew one and cost two. Yes, there were literally no cost to, to swinging with that card, which was insane. Everybody enjoys a good Looter Scooter. Yeah, now we got Ledger Shredder, which is a blue, which is a blue smuggler's copter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And we haven't. Uh, we we only mentioned uh, Ledger Shredder. I don't know a time or two in everything that we've talked about so far. Yes. 
Oh man. So, so what other cards do you have on your, is, is there more of a, a list of cards that you see in Dominator United that are like, okay, these are the ones that I'm focusing on for these current archetypes, or is there more of cards that you're seeing are like, this is going to now open up a whole new archetype? Not really. Um, so the way I usually view that type of thing is be hundred percent honest. Like I'm not a brewer. But like, if I'm the type of person that may tweak that may tweak something here or there, and take a deck and play it. But other than that, I let the I let others who are more capable of brewing do the work. Okay. Okay. If that makes any sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. And you're definitely in the fold of like as you're talking with. Uh, I think it was before we started recording with the mono green decks having to ferry who slows the sun in there. You're talking with the person who uh, pioneered that advancement in the deck there. Yes. So uh, I definitely, I definitely respect your word because of how much of a how much of a hand you have on the pulse of of this of, of Thank pioneer. You. Okay, I know I got a another card here that I want. I want to see what your thoughts are because it is it's a card that everybody's talking about, and everybody is just excited for. And there mm-hmm. are already a lot of different combos and stuff with this already outside of Pioneer, Shieldred the Apocalypse. Isn't that the card that basically says, uh, "If you draw a card, you gain two life, and if your opponent draws a card, you lose two life"? They, yeah, they lose two life. It's a 4-5 death touch for 4. You said it's a 4-5? It's a 4-5 with death touch for 4 mana. <laughs> um, that card that card basically, like, that card has an effect that, that progresses as for you basically, again, playing the game. Um, it's a solid card. I don't know where it fits, though. I, I don't know. However, however, I could see it being played against Arclight. Oh my god. Yeah, it's like go ahead, draw all your cards, Arc Lights. You're gonna be yeah, going down. Like you can you draw three cards, take six damage. Yeah, this thing is just fucking gas. Reason it's it's low costed for a four or five, which is a solid body already. Uh another big thing here is I don't know. Uh, a, a listener in our Discord is a big fan of mono black control doing things with uh He's I think Model Black Control might be a thing in Pioneer too, because you got like Bolsa Citadel. You now have Shieldred the Apocalypse. Like Bolsa Citadel with Shieldred doesn't seem too bad because you're going to be gaining life to help mitigate the life cost to cast spells from the top of your library, right? Uh, yes and no. Don't you have to pay the CMC? Uh, you pay the CMC in life. Yeah, that's the issue. Yeah. So it's like a three drop you- spell. You're paying three life, and then when you come back to your turn, so I mean it. It it slows it, but maybe not as much. Not as much. You just better hope you don't draw a spell that's like five or six mana. Yeah, Ma- massacre worm. <laughs> Never. Yeah, then you're just like, well, all right. What what is uh what is black got for like big ramp Liliana. stuff in Pioneer? Just Liliana. No, like uh her big ramp, Great Merchant Asphodel. Yeah, yeah. And just Great have... Merchant people to death. And then you got Nykthos and stuff as well. There still. Yeah. And hopefully we can pay Packrat again. Oh my god! Oh my god! I do love and, some Packrat and, and under and underworld connections. And, and you know, next thing you know, we're uh we're playing uh you know 20, 2010, 2012, uh, Magic again. 
you can't go wrong with pack rat why is is pack rat just too slow is it just not pack rat is a bit too slow and uh it's a shock format right now okay so it's it's definitely getting clapped by some one drop spells <laughs> yeah it's getting clapped before i can do anything poor rats Fiery Impulse is a card. Indeed it is. Have you seen the Electrostatic Infantry? What does it do? It is the red 1-1-2 one, one, Dwarf Wizard with Trample. When you cast an Incident or Sorcery spell, put a plus 1-1 one, plus one counter on Electrostatic Infantry. How we were talking about the uh, Talarian Terror and stuff going into that Izzet deck... This comes out early enough to be putting a threat as you're casting spells to fill up your yard. This gets like axed off by whatever removal spell. And then you have all these instances that buffed it up into the graveyard just by casting them. And then you bring out the Talarian Terror. Yeah. Like that doesn't does, seem like too, too does far. Does the wizard to fly? It does not. It just has trample though. Okay, trample's pretty good. It is. And it's a plus one, plus one counter. It's not just a plus one, plus one to another turn. It's a plus one, plus yeah. one counter. Yeah, tra- trample is great in that case. Because then you have to do real combat math. I do like this card. Uh, pre- Me too. Pre-selling for 36 cents, and TCG foil is at 58 cents. Buy non-foils. I don't think you're going to be too upset with that. No. Oh. You know, we haven't talked about a couple of the other mechanics that are coming out in this set, and I think a good one to talk about, keeping in red here, is uh, Keldon Flame Sage. That what is, does it do? That is the red two, red two, two, three, human shaman with enlist. And enlist is... It's, it's banding. It's banding. It's a better version of banding. And uh, so whenever Keldon Flame Sage attacks, look at the top X cards of your library where X is Keldon Flame Mage's power. You may exile an instant or sorcery with mana value X or less from among them. Put the rest in the bottom of your library in a random order. You may cast the exile spell without paying its mana cost. I like it for um, I like it for limited. In list, I like it for limited. I was thinking Feather Decks. I don't know if that's like a thing, like another three drop in Feather Decks that wants this. But that was one of the things that came to mind there, like uh, Feather, Arcanist, and just a bunch of pumpy kind of spells. Keeping them low, mm-hmm. cycling through. I do think Limited is good. Enlist is just an interesting mechanic. And do you think it's going to have a big effect in Pioneer? I don't think so. Let's take a look at some of the other enlist cards that we got. See if there's any other. Oh, Guardian of New Banalia. We were talking about white weenie decks, white white aggro. This is white one human soldier with enlist. And whenever Guardian of New Banalia enlists a creature, scry two. And then you can discard a card. Guardian of New Banalia gains indestructible until end of turn and you tap it. Interesting. It's possible. It's two drop scries. It helps like... Get, get further into your deck to see more responses to draw into things in, in white that you want. And the fact, uh, what was that one from Ixalan where you pay for life and give it indestructible? Adanto Vanguard? Adanto Vanguard. Yeah. And, and this is discarding a card. You're not paying life, but having cards in hand is still kind of a free cost to pay and stuff. Mm-hmm. And in being in white, going back to that Sarah Angel, the Sarah uh, uh, Avangard, the, the four drop three four where you can cast things so it's like you discard whether it be a land or some three or less mana mana value card 
bring it back. Kind of feeds into there. Yes. Yes, it does. I know I am very excited for a lot of this set. This set seems very bonkers. It's a lot. There's so much stuff. You got a lot of ward. You got, oh, we didn't even talk about like domain stuff. Uh, domain being where, you know, things get different buffs or more basic land types. Is a domain deck in Pioneer possible? I know there's currently one in Modern that's kind of like tier 2, tier 2.5, and it kind of it's goes about the domain the zoo deck. Yeah. So is there like um, a domain it's possible. in Pioneer? It's it's possible. We have the Triumphs. Yep. and, and We have Triumphs and Shocklands. And the new Tapped Duel Lands. Yes. <laughs> However, I don't think the new Tapped Duel Lands may not be an... Um, may not hit a modern it may not hit pioneer oh okay you think like i could be i could be wrong but i don't think so do you think like specific there would be more for like specific decks where it's like mana intensive in pioneer like would um no omnath is banned in pioneer no it's not it's not no it's banned in because nifta nifta light plays it oh shit that's right so would nifta lights want these dual lands or they're still fine with like no. the, the shocks like that's all no they're fine with shocks and triumphs okay so one thing we haven't talked a lot about is some of these multicolored cards and i got two that i want to talk about for sure the first sure. one is the urza lord high artificer jr where did it go there we go uh mira scholar of antiquity one Green, red for a 3-3 legendary elf artificer. Tap an untapped non-token artifact you control. Add green. Tap two untapped non-token artifacts you control. Exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. It makes untapped non-token artifacts uh, green mana rocks. Yes. So... Uh, oh, so it doesn't count tokens so you can't do like clues foods and stuff like that but what what, what are some you can have the uh the ornithopters ornithopters there you go yeah they're just zero mana uh, rocks you can have weatherlight complete you can have vehicles now tap for green but yep. green red like what does green red have for artifacts a lot in the current pioneer meta nothing really okay I like the card, just because, again, it's kind of like a mini Urza Lord High Artificer. Yes. Something to keep an eye on over time. I think it's going to definitely have some possibility. Now now mentioning, like, Ornithopter. Maybe in modern, because you get Ornithopter and Memnites? Possibly. Maybe you can get some sort of, like, green-red artifact-y style deck? Uh, another card I want to talk about here and get your opinion on. I am a Demir Mage at heart, and I love seeing a card like Urtai Resurrected. Oh, that card's gas. That card's a better Vincer. Okay, okay. I was going to bring that up. And the fact that you can have... So it's either, Chup- so it's either Chupacabra or you straight up... Or you straight up get to like... Um, it's either it's either a Chupacabra or a, a Disallow. Which is good. And it's the, the fact of like making your opponent draw a card... It, it's unfortunate, but sometimes you can make that work to your advantage. Like in That's balance. Narset. Like if you if you if it's like you do this on your opponent's turn because it has flash and stuff, it's like 
uh, draw turn, have a Narset out already, and they cast something on their turn, it's they're not getting the draw then. It's just a four mana three two, and you just countered you countered their shit or you destroyed their shit. Correct. So Demir Control kind of took one of the big hit, took a really big hit after the banning of the Inverter of Truth. So that style of deck was gone, but the, mm-hmm. the shell is still there because uh, Drown in the Lock is still a good card. And you got I can see it. I can see it being mid range now, more mid range. You didn't control. So like real. So like because of the way Magic cards are printed nowadays, there's never been like a real true control deck per se the last real control deck we had was uh was elixir of uh i believe it was elixir of immortality if i'm not mistaken i vaguely remember this but it's like you just filled up your graveyard and just like keep cycling through with the elixir of immortality gain five life and just never die off that right yeah then uh then game then game two you bring in um archangel you bring in um was it Archangel of Thunin? You just beat the crap out of people. Yeah, I do remember that. That was a deck that was around when we started playing Danny, I think. And I know I've been, I've definitely been smoked by that because, like, my dumb early magic brain was like, this is a lot of shit I don't fully understand. Yep. Uh, another big card here. Another couple big cards. We're going to talk about colorless stuff. Timeless Lotus. Card is interesting. It can be untapped with uh, it can be untapped with uh, Teferi who slows the sunset. It can. One thing I thought about as well is you got uh, Vizier of the Tumbling Sands and like hidden strings. Like you got Lotus Field where it untaps things. Like, does Lotus Field see Timeless Lotus getting played and like expand into different colors because of it being five color, or do you think it's too restrictive being a five drop in Lotus Field? Not a hundred percent sure, but it's possible. Okay, okay. I know that was one thing that I thought of. There, we got a we got a player in our local metal that's all about like twiddle and untapping things, uh, whether it be in pioneer or modern. And so, I see that, and that's what I first thought of: of like, ah, oh, twiddle and tapping all this shit, and definitely with Teferi who uh, <laughs> who slows the sun. Uh, next card, big card, big card. This one's going to be uh, format format expanding. It's going to be modern legacy. And I imagine Pioneer as well, too, because this will make Shocklands enter tapped. Karn Silex. Three mana. Yeah, that card's gas. Three mana legendary artifact that reads, enters the battlefield tapped, and players can't pay life to cast spells or to activate abilities that aren't mana abilities. And then you pay X, tap, exile it, destroy each non-land permanent with mana value X or less. Activate only as a sorcery. Is this kind of like that weird sideboard card or mainboard card you're going to see like a one of like, uh, I'm thinking like engineered explosives sometimes sees like a one of mainboard and then like two of sideboard. Like is Karn Silex going to fall into a category like that of to be able to just Hose a lot of decks just in general. Yes. Paying lives. I'm just thinking of like some other things outside of lands where it's like paying lives. Uh, Going back to Adanto Vanguard as white, white, uh, white aggro decks go can no longer pay to make that thing indestructible. So you can't do like the, or even the Orzov, uh, Orzov's pants style deck where it's like, you're just enchanting that up and keeping it indestructible. Can't do that. Makes that a little more fragile. Mm Mm-hmm. 
stops out through flux. Yep. <laughs> it does stop Aether Flux Reservoir. Oh, oh, I fucking love it. Get wrecked, Aether Flex nerds. But the thing is, though, they'll probably be playing it themselves. Because then they can just tap X, tap it, sacrifice it, destroy all the shit that you may have, and then just blow you up. I do like it as it's kind of like a... It's a ticking time bomb. Navineral's Disc mm-hmm. in in Standard. And Navineral's Disc is a good card. Yeah, it's, it's a board wipe whenever you want. You just gotta pay mana for it. Yeah, and it's very flexible. Like, it falls into, um, like I was saying, the engineered explosives kind of mm-hmm. thing. I do like it. I'm wanting one for, uh, actually, no, I don't want one of those. I wanted the Timeless Lotus. I'm gonna pick up. And then, uh, the new Jota. Yeah, Jota Eternal? Yep. Gonna hopefully pick one of him up. And he's under $10. Jota the Unifier. Yep. So the Weatherlight completed has dropped like $18 since pre-release, since it was spoiled. It's it's one of those uh, mythics that are totally doing that. Jota's gone down too, so. so. So, Jay, do you have any MTG financial advice when it comes to this set coming out now? Like... What what are your thoughts, your plans, your strategies to acquiring this, keeping an eye out, and all this stuff? I haven't 100% thought it out yet. Um, the only thing I did thought about was like waiting a couple weeks, because this set's going to be opened a lot, and then prices drop, and then start buying cards. Oh, definitely. You got You got new people coming in here looking at the power of this set, and then you got old people who've been playing Magic Forever just like, Look at all these old characters that I grew up with, and they're going to be buying this. I, uh, I think this is going to be a Gangbusters style uh, set yeah. here, just like just like uh, Neon Dynasty. Yeah. Yes. So, do you think it's going to like beat Neon Dynasty records? Yep. Oh, I'm I'm definitely excited to see this. I think it's going to be big. I think it's 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 fantastic. Oh, and, and that's the other thing. This now has. In, in the collector boosters, it has Lost Legends in there, so that can definitely push the... the yeah, who wants to open a tabernacle? People are going to be wanting to open that tabernacle, so yeah, packs are going to be getting sold just for that alone. Like, I'm trying to think of how big the hype was for Head... or not Headless Hidetsugu, the um, Hidetsugu... not Hidetsugu... The, the, the colored neon Hidetsugus and stuff, whatever their names are. Like, People were hyped about that, but I think they're more hyped about these legend cards. Yeah. Well, that is a lot of magic cards. And yeah, I'm going to be playing pre-release, and I think I'm definitely going to... I got some draft tokens on Arena, and I think I'm going to be drafting this on Arena just to experience it a lot. I think it would be good. It looks so fun. You got all these awesome kicker spells uh, in in the in the common category. One that I liked, uh, I, Chris uh, from at Chai Salad Gaming pointed out one of the cards is super flavorful. The Frexian Warhorse, black three for a three three Frexian horse. It has kicker of white. So when Frexian Warhorse enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, create a one one white soldier creature token, and you can pay one sack another creature. Frexian Warhorse gets plus two plus one till end of turn. So it's kind of like you're kicking off 
the rider when it turns from you know regular horse to Phyrexian horse, and then you sack that rider to make the horse stronger. I'm like, ah, ah, I fucking love it. It was just little shit like that. And then story-wise, like, the Raven Man is here now. People are now gonna start figuring out the fuck fucking shit with the Raven Man. Do you think the Raven Man is gonna have any place in Rakdos dis- discard-style decks in in uh, Pioneer there, Jay? I'll uh, read it. Um... It's a Black 1, 2 1, Legendary Human Wizard that reads at the beginning of each end step. If a player discarded a card this turn, create a 1-1 black bird creature token with flying, and this creature can't block. It has 3 and a black. Tap. Each opponent discards a card. Activate only as a sorcery. I haven't gave that one much thought yet. Uh, It's like, it it runs out of gas when your opponent no longer has cards to be discarding. You're not making those birds as frequently. I feel like that's kind of the thing that keeps this thing going is like your opponent has cards in hand to be discarding. Maybe with like Urtai there. It's like you're giving them a card to draw, but then you're forcing them to discard it at another point. So that kind of like feeds into there. It's like Urtai on your turn, uh counter your thing, you get a card and then somehow at the end of your turn, you know, you make him discard or you thought seize on your turn with this thing out after that card that you gave them. You would only you would only be able to make them discard um, during your main phase, right? And like d- making them discard a card, like t- like a single mana Thoughtseize, and you hit their, I don't know, you hit their Teferi who uh, slows the sun, and you make a bird off of that. Is that like good for one mana two life as a as a two one creature? I mean, you did say this was a shock format. This thing is fragile as fuck. Yeah. I don't know if it's easy play, to be honest. Yeah. I think maybe this could be more of a commander player card, being a legendary creature and the fact that its last clause of uh, three and a black, each opponent discards yes. a card. I think maybe that's where you, you, you might see it a little more. But- so uh, we had a uh, hey look behind you in Discord or on Twitch was asking about Jensen Carthalian Jude Exile. Oh yeah, yeah. The green, green white human druid. That one is commander only. That's commander All only. That is, yeah. But this that would that would explain a lot of it. But this thing is a house in commander. You know. Yeah, it's commander only. Five color commander decks now have a a very playable new card to be putting in there if we're gonna just take a quick sidestep talk commander here real quick because whenever you cast a multicolored spell you scry one if that spell was all colors you make a five five angel and then you pay five and add wooberg and it's a green white two two human druid i think this card is pretty good can't he be in just green white you can make a green white deck and not have any of the other colors but since he does add wooberg he is five color Oh, he is? Okay. He is. Yeah, Jensen Cartholion. Strong deck. I was talking with uh, Christian in the Discord the other night about mm-hmm. that, and he is very hyped about this card in, in Commander. He's a Commander player, and uh, he also plays Pioneer and stuff. He, he, he's over in Germany, so it's always fun to hear about like the German metagame, whether it be through Pioneer or Commander or just food in general, because apparently they don't have egg rolls with pork in them. Hmm. That's something different <laughs> jay do you got any final point that you want to put on dominary united here in a 
pioneer context in a set context and in whatever flair you want what do you think how are you excited etc etc that's great go buy it dude yes i know i'm gonna be buying this one i'm gonna be buying a few boxes because just scrolling through all these cards they're all good just art wise interesting power wise i'm all for it yeah for sure oh god yeah i don't think we're gonna do open flippy tight drinky what are we? Oh, yeah, here we go. Nine o'clock. We're at two hours. I think we're going to quickly then go over to the finance section here. Oh, yeah. And then just give like the quickest of quickest rundowns here because one of the cards in the in the contract currency section was one that we've been talking about here a few times. But starting off over in the contract currency section, we go to mggstocks.com, an amazing resource that comes out with a weekly winner's article every Friday that goes over three to five cards moving up in price and three to five cards that are moving down in price. Uh, they, they release the article on Friday. We record on Monday. If there's any price differences between then and now, we will let you know. So fast edition running through. We have Zubari, Golden Feather, card for Mirage. It is white four for a legendary griffin creature that reads... It's a 3-3. Flying. Other Griffins you control get plus one, plus one. This is on the reserve list. So moving up in price because in the commander decks we have Zerum Golden Wind that was shown. It is white 3-3-4 three, three, legendary Griffin flying. Whenever, for Grif- whenever a Griffin you control deals combat damage to a player, create a 2-2 two, two white Griffin creature token with flying. Magic players love that kind of stuff. You have Maskwood Nexus that makes everything to a griffin. And mm-hmm. then when you cast a creature, you just get another griffin. So there's like hype with griffin tribal. Is it like real or is it more of a meme? It's more of just like people like griffins and Zubari, the golden feather, being a reserveless card just seems like an easy thing. It jumped up 90%, was at $8.99 on Friday. Today, market price $6.93. Average price $11.39. So people are trying to sell them higher. European average $3.50. Next, the card that we've been talking about a lot here. It's a fairy who slows the sun. Blue, white, two. Legendary planeswalker to fairy. Has a plus one ability of. Oh, it's only been printed in Midnight Hunt. A few different versions and stuff of it. Enters the four loyalty. Plus one. Choose up to one target artifact, up to one target creature, and up to one target land. Untap chosen permanents you control. Tap the chosen permanents you don't control. You gain two life. Neg two. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest at the bottom of your library in any order. Neg seven. You get an emblem with untap all permanents you control during each opponent's untap step. And you draw a card during each opponent's draw step. House of a card. Played a lot. Jumped up 52%, was at 608 on Friday. Today, Monday, market price 609, average 879. Foils of this card going for 840, European average, 4 euros 55 cents. A lot of the different versions of this card are moving up in price as well. You have the borderless version that is 10 bucks. The, the promo pack one that has the little planeswalker symbol in it is at 930. So this is moving up price. As mentioned before, you got those green decks that are that have Oath of Nyssa and Nykthos Shrine to Nixon there that can just free cast this thing because of Oath of Nyssa and then untap your Nykthos and just make stupid mana. <laughs> stupid mana in green. And people like it. 
So that is number two. Number three is Storm the Festival, the double feature printing specifically. This is green, 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 three sorcery. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may put up to two permanent cards with mana value five or less from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest at the bottom of your library in a random order. It has flashback for green, 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 seven. Friday jumped up 71%, was at $3. Today, market price two, average four seventy nine. Foils going for seventeen. 17- 84 European average 84 cents according to MTG stocks this card went up because it's a very powerful sorcery and being mono green devotion pioneer decks are seeing this in play because it can get out a Nykthos and stuff there is a pioneer deck list by four Gondor here yeah by four Gondor here that's uh has it in here it's very interesting links down below then danny you want to give us the cheap pickups let's do it so first up we go to mike the dungeon master came from secular for the stranger things it's five dollars and moving up next up we have inferno of the star mounts a dragon from a forgotten realm for five dollars Slowly trending down. And now Matt's favorite card, Nicobolus God Pharaoh. Sitting at $3.73. From Double Masters. And it's stabling out. Yep. Beautiful shit, man. Yeah, that was quick. That was quick. If you want to check out any of these cards, pick them up at Awesome Deals, go check our friends over at tcgsniper.com. They're an amazing price tracking website where you enter in cards to get notified when they move up or down in price. They send you a link via text, email, uh, Discord notification. You click the link, you go right to that post, and boom, you are a happy magic player because you just sniped out a good price on a card or you jumped in on selling a card when it started to move up in price. Highly recommend them. You mentioned that the guys over at This Week at MTG sent you. You will get three months free of their Plus program, which gives you 50 products to enter because it's not only just cards, but it's also sealed product. Go check them out. So with that, I do want to say Jay had to dip out there a little early before the end of the podcast, so I'll do some of his plugs for him. Go check him out over on MTG Drip on Twitter. He posts amazing pictures of his drips. He posts amazing pictures of his food that he makes. He, he had some fucking bomb-ass looking chicken the other day. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that shit looked good. Jay fucking makes some good food is what it looks like. I haven't tried it. I got to try it sometime. But uh, go follow him over on Twitter. Go listen to him on uh, Brewing with Conviction. From my understanding, there's going to be a Pioneer discussion coming out this week. And I think maybe that's the call that he left us for to go on to to talk about. So I'm excited for that. Uh, So Brewing with Conviction, check that out. He is also on Playing Pioneer websites and uh, writing articles there. So yeah, at MTG Drip. Oh, Playmats. Go check him out over on Inked Gaming. You type in MTG Drip, you can pick up his Playmats. They're highly worth it. I got one, like I said. Check them out. They get sent to you. You can get stitched and all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. that is what I got for Jay right there. So I think now we do our ending spiel. Go right ahead. Thank you to all you legendary magic folk for making it to the end of episode 152 of This Week in MTG. Big thank you to our Patreons who think that this content that you just listened to is worth supporting monetarily. Check out the Patreon if you wish to support as well. We got a drawing coming up this weekend. 
uh, for the packs and the cards. Also, big and huge thank you to JDub Sports Cards and Gaming for sponsoring us. If you're looking for anything Magic related, go check them out, whether it be in person at the mall or online as well. They do card grading. Check them out. It's amazing. Now, dang. Do you got anything else you want to add no. to this? Easy peasy, Magic folk. Time to go to bed. And with that, we will catch you next time. See ya. Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much! Are you a thirsty bitch?